0: Straight from WCHL Studios in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, it's the Sibling Rivalry Sports Show with Chris and C.L. Brown. Tonight's guest, A.P. Pittsburgh sports reporter Will Graves, also landscaping by injuries, and is Dion right or not ready for primetime? You're ready for primetime, I'm ready for primetime, so don't make me Keep a fucking fresh rhyme. Thank you and God bless.
1: Sibling Rivalry Sports.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to Sibling Rivalry Sports. Oh, wow. The sports show with brothers where you got C.L. Brown and you got Chris Brown. I am just the best in this whole room right now. What? What is that? What is that whistle? What penalty? Host chiding on Chris. Penalty five yards. Repeat the play. What in the world? Who? Who brought a referee? Listen, first of all, referee, we don't need a referee in here refing our show. Especially the terrible job. You, you you better be glad that you didn't see me at the Wake Forest. Get a terrible job that the rest did at the Wake Forest UNC get, Oh, there's a whistle. There's a whistle. Penalty on sportsmanlike conduct. Chris Brown, 15 minutes of silence. Okay. CL's not going to accept that penalty. Listen, let me tell you something. Speaking of unsportsmanlike conduct, Roethlisberger is lucky that he went ahead and went out because I know that when he faced the the, the, the Ravens, they were going to come after There's a whistle. Penalty! Targeting host is thrown out of the game. You know what, CL? I, I am, I'm quitting, CL. I'm done. This is the CL show from now on.
2: Here he is, folks. CL, welcome, welcome, welcome. Ninety-seven-nine, the Hill, the sibling rivalry sports show featuring CL Brown this week. <laughs> we, we don't need Chris Brown.
0: Exclusively featuring <laughs> CL Brown. <laughs> What's good, man? Uh, Man, I'm loving um, all the football action. I'm loving it. Not just because, you know, the teams that I root for are doing well. But, uh, okay, so you know what, see, I'm not loving all of the action, but I'm loving the action of the teams that I care about. I do think some of the primetime games have been total snoozers.
2: Huh. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm not watching NFL, so uh, I I can't attest to that. But um, so far in college, it seems like – a lot of the marquee matchups outside of LSU, Texas, to me, nothing has really stood out in terms of marquee, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. top top 15, top 20 kind of games. But uh, but still, we're rolling. We're rolling. It's still yeah. uh, a lot of stuff moving forward. But let's talk about the big playback this week, man. Just, let's just jump right into it. This is the big playback. lots of injuries we talk about quarterback being the most important position on the field and we've seen first starting off with Andrew Luck retiring because Mm -hmm. of injuries then we've seen Ben Roethlisberger out Drew Brees out, Nick Mm -hmm. Foles out, Mm -hmm. you know you're looking at people that will come back but Cam Newton nursing his foot um, he's probably not starting, I think they made it official that he's not starting on Sunday Mm -hmm. against Mm -hmm. Arizona for Carolina and, uh, and Sam Darnold which uh, you know, for oh, some reason, mononucleosis wow. just conjures up pictures of you know like ninth grade. <laughs> Everybody's got jokes. Everybody's got <laughs> it jokes because it just doesn't seem like something an adult actually gets. But that's keeping him out. So uh, a lot of game plans being changed because of of uh, the quarterback position. Um, what do you think about? Kind of the fallout. What are, what are the ripple effects of, of all of this?
0: So, CL, I do want to say and ask um, Roethlisberger, your guy. So, CL, first of all, may I make the disclaimer that I know will not be accepted, just like you didn't accept those penalties on me. Uh, the disc- I accepted them. They just didn't. You <laughs>
2: accepted all of them.
0: Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the prediction that I made for Pittsburgh to make it to the Super Bowl at CL was based 100% on the presence of Ben Roethlisberger. It's that down that
2: was based on you trying to jinx my team. That's what that was based <laughs> on. You, you know, ain't that slick. That is
0: funny. You said that. You actually said that, didn't you? Yeah. And I, you know, I still don't believe in jinxes, man. I, but I'm telling you, once he went out, I'm like, okay, that's,
2: bet's over. You know? I mean, of course. But, but you can say the same for the Saints. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like... But your boy's down there now. Bridgewater. Bridgewater isn't Breeze in that offense. Uh, th- that offense, to me, isn't really catered for Teddy Bridgewater. Um, really? Yes, really. He threw the
1: ball all over the place he's, in he's college. Not,
2: hmm, he's not a thrower like Breeze. He's, that's that's not... Who is? You know. but uh, But, I mean, I think he'll... They they'll be formidable, you know, but it's it's just not the same. It's just not the same.
0: I mean, in the South, though, they they might be able to survive, you know, in the in the NFC South. But wait, wait, see, wait. I, I got it. I digress. I I need to ask you about the Roethlisberger because I was watching um, G- uh, Game Day Prime. With with uh prime time Deion Sanders. By the way, you gotta give this guy props because he's doing the show out of his home. He has he has gone ahead and and gotten the guys, he said, Hey, if you want me, this is what you get. I'm building a studio in my house. You'll do like a Ian Rappaport and these cats who who they but they just do segments. He's doing the whole show from his home talking to Chris Rhodes who's in the studio. So you gotta give him props for, for getting it like that. But he said something that really startled me, and I was like, wow, that's uh, that's amazing. Now, this is my take on a CL. He said, you know, when they're talking about Roethlisberger going out – he said, I told y'all before the season, Roethlisberger is not going to finish this season. And he said, he might come back from this, but he's not going to finish the season. That was before they announced that he was having surgery and he was out for the season. And he's insinuating there that there's a little drama. There's a little extra oomph. We go back to when he was not agreeing with the drafting of Mason, uh, Mason Rudolph. Right? Rudolph? Rudolph. Thank you. Mason Rudolph, you know, a couple years ago. I, I, wow. Now he's he's he's
2: ghost. Wow. To me, Dion was on to something. Dion ain't on to nothing. Like like seriously, what's what's where's the factual? What does he have evidence wise to back up what he's saying? I mean, that was just him making some kind of prediction. Pittsburgh isn't a team that's that's in some kind of crazy rebuilding mold. I mean, it, obviously, with Roethlisberger out, they have to tweak things, you know, to, to try and be competitive. But with Roethlisberger in, that was a playoff team. That's that's a potential, you know, uh, challenging at least for a playoff no spot. No doubt. And so why wouldn't he want to come back? Like, that, it, it, that makes absolutely no sense for Deion to insinuate that there's something else going on. Uh, mentally, with with Roethlisberger. Now, if he was if he was making that statement because of his age, which you know you don't recover as fast at 38 as he did at 28, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I mean, anything else, you know, I, I just put no credit in. I, I give no credence to. Mm. I
0: mean. He was right. I mean, that's the one thing, though. You know, it came out and he was what he said happened the next He wasn't day. right
2: for the reasons why he was saying it. He, he's, he's right because it's the injury that's keeping him out. But Ben Roethlisberger's been hurt plenty of times sure. through his career. Yes. And all most of the time it's just been nicked up enough to miss a few games and he comes back from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know at 38, 37, 38, you're not going to recover the same. You're not going to come back the same. But sure. it's not it has nothing to do with them drafting Mason Rudolph and him staging some kind of protest and being some kind of, you know, kid, uh, being immature about the situation. Interesting.
0: Well, I mean, all these injuries, you know, have they changed the landscape? And really the question that it, it conjures up for me is you know, should teams be more well prepared? Like there are some college systems, and you know, I think about Coach Larry Fedora and even really Mac Brown. If you if you look at his history of having, they, they college systems have they'll have two quarterbacks that are uh, you know getting reps and are capable of hopping in. You know, we saw Jace Ruder come in, and as coach Mac Brown said, uh, Jace Ruder came in the game and he uh, he had some meaningful reps for Carolina, got him out of a hole uh, deep in their own end zone. Uh, you know, and so should teams, I don't know, have a better backup option? It seems like some do and some don't. It has have the Saints. Is this now like devastating for them? Is this devastating for Pittsburgh? Is it, you know, the, the Colts? Is it devastating for them?
2: I mean, it's devastating when you have potential Hall of Fame guys go out. You can't replace that. I don't you can't. How do you train for that? How do you how do you plan for that? You can't plan for that. You have the best, best possible backup that you. That's why every team carries more than one quarterback. Like this mm-hmm. isn't this isn't anything new in football. You know, you're, you, there's a chance your guy is going to get hurt. You mm-hmm. try and get the best person available, and, and there there's an asterisk with that because here we go. You know what I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, none of these teams, which is why which is why the NFL settled with Colin Kaepernick to begin with, because you you still can't uh make it make sense to me why no team has called him in whatever the 3 years it's been if you're trying to have the best possible backup you can have you know i mean that's a guy who got a team to a super bowl this this record that that lamar jackson set for most yards passing and rushing in a game um uh well, the first time over, what was it? Two fifty passing and one hundred mm-hmm. rushing. Mm-hmm. That was actually set by Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Now mm-hmm. people the, mm-hmm. the regular mm-hmm. season Lamar Jackson just did it. Sure. But mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick did it in play. Nobody Props. nobody's Props. giving him a call. But you know, you know how I like to go on that, which <laughs> is why I'm not watching the league now. So uh see how at this point, don't you think it's been too long? It's it's done, but see they keep moving the goalposts on them. they- It keeps being some kind of different argument. Now it's too. Oh, he's been out of the league too long. How many of these other ragtag guys who've just been sitting out of football, who were never as good as he was to begin with, have they given a call to? So you know, I mean, like Luke Falk is that it's it's, it's 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 done. <laughs> he's not coming back. I mean, Luke Falk with the Jets. Call him, but you know, it's it's just. Uh, it's disingenuous to say that these teams are going, trying to get the best possible backup, and that hadn't happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a real interesting phenomenon. But we have someone who can really do to give us justice and give us the authoritative view on one of these situations. Actually, Ciel, will you do the honors?
2: Uh, we got my man Will Graves coming up, Associated Press reporter. Based in Pittsburgh. He does it all Steelers, Pirates, Penguins. He does it all there. Um, But we're only going to talk to him about the Steelers. So stay with us on 97.9 The Hill, and we'll get right into it. Welcome back to the Sibling Rivalry Sports Show on 97.9 The Hill. Joining us tonight, my man, Will Graves, sports writer with the Associated Press based out of Pittsburgh. Uh, we used to run together back in the day on the uh, Louisville Beats back in Kentucky. Will, welcome to the show. What's up, man? welcome. Welcome. Glad to have you on, man. Yes. A lot of news going on yes. with my Steelers over there, and uh, I, I need some insight. I, I'm hoping that <laughs> something you say is going to give me a silver lining in all this right now.
1: <laughs> Are you that? I mean, you must, see, it's obvious that you're in North Carolina, because here, everybody still thinks they're going. So.
0: Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, even, even the word still used there. Even that, you know, that people had initially thought that, and now they still think that. That's Yeah, I mean,
1: but see, the can in the test. I mean, they think, as Mike Tomlin says, the standard is the standard, right? Exactly. You know, I think that they feel that every year, regardless of their chances. Although, you know, I, I would say realistically their chances now aren't as good as they were two weeks ago. But, you yeah. know, I mean, I, if you're looking for a silver lining, my silver lining is this: I, I think Mason Rudolph will be, maybe even pretty good. I think he'll be fine and maybe even more than fine.
2: Yeah. Now that's that's actually what I wanted to start with because
1: uh,
2: how, how when did they get so much confidence in Mason? That's uh, Not that I don't have confidence in him, but I, I'm curious because I felt like the, <laughs> hmm. the move they made with the trade to Miami and everything, I felt like that's a move that says, you know what, we're good with who we have right now at quarterback, so we can do these other things. true.
1: Well, you know, when they drafted him, you know, it raised some eyebrows in the third round of the 2018 draft. But, I mean, they said, you know, Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin, when they came in to talk about it, they said we had a first-round grade on him. And that was, was oh, a lot wow. of quarterbacks that went and that, you know, Josh Rosen and those guys went in the first round that year. Um, so they, they're high on him. Uh, but they weren't that high on him last year because he didn't win the backup spot. I mean, Josh Dobbs, who was taking the fourth round the year before, actually beat him out. And that was frustrating for Mason because he didn't get any reps. Basically, once practice started, you know, he, he did a virtual reality program to kind of keep him sharp because he did not, you know, he didn't get any reps with the, with the practice team or the first or the first string because Ben would often take uh, Wednesdays off during the season. So, But he got it together in the offseason. season. He said you know, he's, he's a self-professed football nerd. Um, spent a lot of time working out and, and came back and was clearly, you know, he beat Josh Dobbs uh family in the race events back up in during camp and the Steelers felt so confident in him that they traded Dobbs to uh to Jacksonville after his bulls got hurt. So mm-hmm. you know they, they they think he can uh, provide a spark. I mean he does bring a different kind of energy. Uh, to see him through his first touchdown pass on Sunday in the second half against the Seahawks and I mean he was like a little kid. I mean the I have <laughs> you, know, you know bent our touchdown pass and I've done it you know three hundred sometimes and it's like you hey, he raises his arm for you know, pounce me on the butt. This guy was, I mean, you know, Rudolph was like double fist pumping and like basically shaky. Um, he was so pumped up. And his teammates have said he brings a vibe and energy that, look, for all of Ben's accomplishments, he's, his demeanor is much more laid back, I yeah. guess, and, and, you know, professorial than, than Rudolph, who, you know, and for a team that needs a spark, I think there are worse ways to, uh, to get started. Yeah.
0: Hey, Will, I I actually, I did not, I wasn't able to tune into the entire game. So I need you to bring me up to speed on a couple things here really quickly. Um, Your RB room, what's going on there? How's Connor? And then number two, Snell had one carry for 23 yards. Did something happen? Why why didn't he get more more
2: looks there?
1: Well, um, for for James Connor, you know, he's got a, a knee issue, but... He's insisting that he's fine. I insist that he's going to play on Sunday. To, it'll be interesting to see how much he practices during the week. Uh, but I would that he'll be available in some fashion. For Snell, it was a short guarded situation. They were the third and one, and they basically, the line like did the work, and he busted through the hole and was able to uh, to break it a little bit. I mean, that was not necessarily something he did. Um, I think Jalen Samuels, you know, guy you guys know from him, second-year guy, really versatile. I think, to be honest with you, I think there's a decent chance that if Connor doesn't get it going uh, in the short order, that uh, Samuels will be the number one running back for the Steelers going forward.
0: Oh, wow. Well, you know, Will, like, full disclosure, you know, part of our sibling rivalry is that I'm a big Baltimore Ravens fan. So that's, like, part and parcel of what we're doing here. And I got to say, in that RB room, and having seen Samuel, you know, having seen his career as he State, and also probably be major bias because of my status as a tar heel. I, I Samuel does he Samuels does not scare me as much as either of the other two. I, I I feel like Snell has an upside and he could he could uh he
2: I'm could ignite that team. I'm big on Snell. I'm but, big on Snell.
1: So well, Snell. I mean, Snell certainly believes in Snell. I mean, he was round pick Started talking about I'll quote Denny Snell football. I mean, that's like his go to phrase. He talks about it the third, first.
2: Third I mean, first. no
1: offense, y'all, I mean, like you know, you play football. You're a good football player, but you played at Kentucky. I mean, i no offense. It's not exactly. Oh, you know what though? He
0: showed up though.
2: I think that's his edge though.
1: Look, when I, like, I, I has got it going, but when I was covering Kentucky, it was, the football was something that occupied your time until basketball. <laughs> no, he's, yeah. he's, he's a pretty good player, but I mean, he got a, he certainly loves him sense from him. Uh, I, I do think, like, they like him as a short yardage guy. He's strong. Um, but the problem is, you know, Connor's got more experience. Connor has been more explosive. And I don't know if he can catch, I don't know if Betty can catch the football. That's the reason I like Samuels, and I think that's the reason that, offensive coordinator or any thicker like Samuels is because you can do so many different things with him, even more than you I'm not saying he's Le'Veon, but let's remember last year at the Patriots, you know, uh, Connor was out with a knee injury. Lev was on a, you know, a jet ski somewhere and he had 179, yards. so uh, he's a guy that I think can do a lot of different things. He's not going to be a breakaway guy, but I certainly think, especially, I, I expect their offense to maybe even start throwing the ball even more with Rudolph back there. I really think hmm. that that is uh, a possibility going forward
2: well if that is a possibility um and i know you can't say this but i mean is moncrief going to catch a freaking ball <laughs> if they are throwing more what's going on there
1: uh, you know it's uh i asked my comment about it uh this and he didn't exactly give it, you know, an endorsement for moncrief's body of work so far it's been very very choppy he uh, had some drops in the opener against New England, or would have the ball get you know raked out of his hands before he could complete the catch. Uh, he had a a pass come his way with Rudolph in the game early in the third quarter on Sunday. So it, it goes between his hands off his face mask and into the hands of a Seahawks defender. Seahawks get the ball 40 and score a touchdown a couple plays later, and, and never trailed again. So he's a guy whose confidence uh, is not high. Mason Rudolph has a long, long relationship with. Uh, Second-year wide receiver teams. Washington, they played at Oklahoma State together, set a bunch of records together. I would imagine that Washington will take on a more prominent role going forward. And then I would say after that, I mean, you know, best chance I think is going to be as, a, as the number three receiver, and until he proves that he can can actually be a difference maker, I his role will continue to probably diminish.
2: Yeah, well, I wanted to swing back to Roethlisberger for a second because in in our earlier segment tonight uh, we, we were talking about injuries and everything, and my brother brought up Dion Sanders' take on on uh, Roethlisberger. Did 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 you happen to come? Did you hear about what Dion said?
1: Yeah, I mean, Dion said he would retire in the middle of the year, correct?
0: Well, I mean, what he's—that's what, hilarious if he said that. I mean, what he what he was kind of reiterating the other night was that he he basically was saying he wasn't going to finish the season. He didn't he didn't really mention the retirement, which I'm sure he said fourth season. But he was just saying, "I told y'all, he is not." But but will he said that before the announcement of the surgery? He said it after Ben went out of the game, but before the announcement of the surgery, which is why I thought it was that was something else.
1: Well, I mean, it was. It was pretty weird, I mean, because this is a guy who then likes to consider himself a pretty tough dude. Um, the irony, though, is like he doesn't take nearly as many shots as he did in the last five, six, seven years as the offense has been more quick for them to get rid of the ball, whether it's say, Antonio or, or Le'Veon or Tutu. Um, he has not taken nearly the amount of abuse that he's taken. So it was so odd to see him sort of go out like that, where it's just his yeah. you know, elbow is like, yeah, we're done here. <laughs> um, it is very interesting, but he came out I, I mean, I was all watching him on the sideline in the second half, and it was obvious that he was serious, because he didn't even there wasn't even, the Steelers called him, quote, questionable, and I'm sure that was mostly um, to kind of, a bit of gamesmanship with the Seahawks. I mean, you know, he could not throw the ball. If he would have come back in the game, he could not have thrown the ball at all. So I I, I, I I, he's 38, or he'll be 38 next year. Uh, he's facing multiple months of rehabilitation. He has not had a serious injury in his career, not like this. It will be very interesting. I mean, he had injuries stemming from his motorcycle crash all those years ago, but this is a different animal. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting to see if he decides to gut it out. I mean, he's got 60 million reasons to come back. I mean, he's got two years left on his deal and a lot of money's still on the table. He's a competitor. I don't think he wants his last pass to be a you know slip to James Conner in the flat for, for nine <laughs> yards at the end of the first half of a set-week-two game against Seattle. So I, I certainly think he's going to make every attempt to come back. I do think it's going to be interesting. Let's say Rudolph plays pretty well. And the, the schedule after that week six gets easier. It's conceivable that they can still win eight, nine games, and maybe that gets them in the mix for a playoff spot. Then what do you do? Uh, and there's no guarantee you know, that he's going to be able to come back and be the guy that he was. He didn't look great the first six quarters of the year, but neither did anybody else on offense. I don't think we can pin that necessarily on you know him being done or washed. But I, I think he just, you know, they're trying to adjust. Their best player is playing for the Patriots now, and I think that that is going to take a while to, to figure out. Yeah.
2: I I feel like Pittsburgh always gets off to a slow start. I feel like they should use the preseason more so <laughs> so that they're more in a rhythm when they do come to the regular season, but that's just me. Um so uh, so this trade they make for Minka Fitzpatrick, um, he's actually gonna jump right in and play on Sunday.
1: That's uh that's the plan. It's uh you know, my Mike Tomlin was, was asked this week about it and he basically said it's sort of Two things. I mean, the, their starting safety, Sean Davis, tore the labor room in his uh, right shoulder against Seattle. So there was a need there. The mm-hmm. guy they have is his replacement, Cam Kelly. Really nice dude. Made the team as an undrafted free agent. Was playing in the AAF last spring. Uh, wasn't sure if his career was going to continue. played Had a, a great camp. But you saw against the, uh, against the Patriots in the opener, he was not a guy that necessarily wants he might be a good filling guy, a good dime guy, but as far as your starting safety, he's not up to it. So there was a need there, and they decided to be aggressive, which is sort of unstealer like. I mean, they, yeah. they, you know, for them to trade a, a number one for Fitzpatrick, who they graded very highly. I mean, they were enamored with him last year. They wanted to draft him knowing he would be available at 28. He went to 11 to the Dolphins. When, and when they got to 28, he could safety anyway. he'd because Carlos at Virginia Tech, who was sort of a. You know, I guess he would have been projected into the second round, but I mean, if, if you're 28, that's pretty close. Um, you know, they believe that he, Fitzpatrick, although he can do a lot of things, they believe that he's smart enough that he can go in and, and make an impact. The, the thing that me, it's, it's sort of it's curious to me, I mean, you won't even let Rudolph start a game or two to figure out where you're going with this. I mean, that's hmm. the, yeah. the weird part. What if he? You know, we saw what happened with the Jets the other night. I mean, they, they're back, They're Darnold has mono the backup comes in and the backup breaks his leg you know in the second quarter and then you got some thirds during in there. I mean it's possible you know that if Rudolph gets hurt we could be looking at a potentially you know four I mean four and twelve season I mean I'm not I'm not saying that's going to happen but that's still out there or what if it's just not any good and the Steelers have given Miami a sixth pick in next year's draft that's the part that you know but that's me being cautious and that's me thinking the way the Steelers have thought for a long time yeah of a very aggressive move, and I wonder, you know, part of it might be Mike Tomlin trying to show that, you know, his success in this league is not predicated entirely on having Ben Roethlisberger as his quarterback, because he's mm. not really been uh, put in this situation since he came in the league, Ben's to some time, he, you know, he's suspended the one year, he missed five games in uh, 14 or 15 with a, with a bone bruise in his knee. But, I mean, nothing like this. I mean, this is more akin to what the Patriots had in uh, 08 when Brady went out with a B and Matt Castle, the quarterback, and they still won, like, 10 or 11 games that year. I think maybe that is a – I think the Steelers are sort of shooting their shot. I think Tomlin is is trying to show that, you know what, we're not a one-man team. And we'll see. I mean, it's – um, I, like I said, I think Rudolph is capable – and that's because, maybe because I've watched him light up Pitt two years in a row. Football, you know, <laughs> I, mean, they just, I mean, lit them up. I mean, uh, I think his number 32 games was something like 11 touchdowns and like 850 yards. I mean, I'm wow. not, and I'm not exaggerating. Wow. It was somewhere in that vicinity. So, and that's where the Steelers saw him, uh, especially behind the field the second time, where it was just a, it was a clinic. I mean, it was, hmm. it was, uh, it was pretty impressive. So, I, I think the trade for Fitz, Fitzpatrick makes sense in an immediate football sense. Whether it makes sense in the long term, you know, I mean, it's uh, we'll see. I mean, I think they're hoping that it does. And if the worst thing that happens is they just keep them, I mean, what like Sean Davis was in airing the final area of the deal, they did not uh have any plans to resign him. So they were going to be in the market for a safety anyway. Here's a guy that they love that they know can play, and so they're going to throw him out there and. and Next to Trellefins, and they're going to go and do their thing. So, uh, if that's the, the worst thing that happens, is they got a good football player out of this and, and lose a, a high draft pick. Well, that's the gamble that they took, and I think they can live with that. If they think that Ben's going to be 100 percent next year,
2: well, if, if Mason gets hurt, then they'll just sign Colin Kaepernick, right, and he'll he'll just step right in.
0: <laughs> but Steal as as, as but as Will has tweeted and and congratulated when up here for pointing out, you know, why wasn't Colin Kaepernick signed right, you know, now? Like, what, Why didn't they go out and? And look,
1: you know, to be fair, like Colin, his uh, you know, his answer was fine. You know, they signed Paxton Lynch. And Paxton Lynch is practice not eligible. Colin Kaepernick would not be. Is that a cop out? I mean, it's a sensible answer. Uh, and shout out to my buddy Jacob Klinger, who covers the live, uh, for asking the question. If there was anybody in that room that you knew was asked that, it was, it was going to be him. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, so I appreciate that, about, about that young man. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't think Kaepernick is going to be here anytime soon, although it would be nice. I mean, look, my Redskins fan, I grew up in the DC suburbs. I know they got Dwayne, I guess they got the Haskins kid that they got, but I mean, you, if you, you can't tell me that Colin Kaepernick isn't better than. One of the, if you say every team, let's say they, every team's got three QBs on the squad, if you include practice squad, he's not one of the top ninety-six quarterbacks in football. Give me a break. Yeah, yeah. That's off hey, topic. I just
2: wanted to. No, that. I've been, I've been saying the same thing, man. <laughs> hey, hey, Will. Okay, so I got to ask
0: you this question. I and I don't want to over, you know, I don't want to look past, um, you know, just as a fan in general. This Sunday's a huge game going into the 49ers, a uh, hot 49ers team. That that's going to be a huge contest for the Steelers. That, that's that's a must win for the Steelers, but but going down the road, the, renewing the greatest rivalry in the NFL, the Ravens-Steelers. Have you heard any rumblings about the Ravens' newfangled offense? What what really has been a staple in this rivalry, it, like John Harbaugh said, is that the teams know each other so well. They, they know what one another is going to do, but that has really totally changed this year for the Ravens. Ravens are running something that they haven't run before at all, and so, any rumblings there, I can't or
1: do we need this. to check with you I can't in two weeks? This.
2: Ain't no, nobody thinking about no Ravens, man. But go ahead, Will. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean they're a little, they're a little busy here, man. Uh, they're they're a little busy, I, and I think it's interesting. Is this is the first season in like ten or twelve years or something where they, they're not meeting in a primetime game, which is good for me, uh, <laughs> from headline standpoint. But yeah, I mean, I. It, I, I would say from the league perspective, it's lost, it's lost, but you can't, I mean, look, as, as, as an observer, can't help but be impressed by what the Ravens have done. And I'm, look, I'm happy for Lamar Jackson. I thought all the people that were talking about his inability to throw the ball, I'm like, did you guys watch him play at all? Exactly, like, yeah. I mean, and T.L. knows this. I mean, like Bobby Petrino can draw up a game plan and and make guys look really good. I mean, how he, he got Brian Brom an NFL contract, but... You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Lamar is special, and I'm glad that the Ravens have figured it out. And you know, it's I, I can't say this, having been here eight years now. I mean, everybody was eager to sprint and you know throw rose petals at the Browns, and I mean, exactly you're in, the in the wrong direction. You can't come be with impressed it by what the Ravens are doing. Yeah,
2: well, I cannot be impressed. But uh, one, <laughs> one one last tidbit about uh, Mason Rudolph. His dad, Brett Rudolph, played football for Carolina in the 80s and was roommates with Mark May. No way. So I do He's believe... QB. Uh I'm not sure what position was. I do believe that Luke May and Mason know each other based off of, of that. But that's, that's just a little very interesting. Tar Heel trivia here on 97.9 <laughs> The Hill. We appreciate you, Will, Will for Will, coming Will. on with us. Have a great week up in Pittsburgh. And... Uh, Come on back and join hey, us man. on the you other side of this back. commercial break. Oh, well, I wasn't no, I, talking about Will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
0: was
2: talking about Will. Yeah. Will, What's you problem, too, man. You <laughs> All right, take care. Look, you know how to play. Baby, at the point of my life
1: when I'm tired of playing games, I'm ready to
0: Welcome back to Sibling Rivalry Sports on 97.9 The Hill, where we always chill. It's time to talk a little reflection and then a little forward thinking. First with college football. Wow, what a game uh, last week, CL. I know that you were able to uh, tune in. And uh, I was there, and it was it was something else. Carolina versus Wake Forest.
2: What's funny to me is the fact that they had to schedule this as a non-conference game, uh, which which I'm all for, and I think NC State and Duke are probably looking to doing the same thing mm-hmm. in between when they're you know going these years without playing each other. It's the downside of all that conference expansion, losing rivalries like that.
0: Yeah, and it and folks, I assure you, it's still a rivalry. Uh, Wake Forest still has it out uh, for Carolina but still, I'm not convinced. I came away for the first time. I've been in that state before. But I came away this time very concerned about the that being a home field advantage for the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. I, I just, I, you know, there are a lot of, and it says a lot for Tar Heel fans, there are a lot of Tar Hill fans there. But it was more the noise. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it was where I was, but I just felt like this is not a loud setting here. This is like when the crowd, quote, gets loud. That's not that bad. That's not that bad at all.
2: Home field advantage isn't just about crowd noise. I mean, it's a home field advantage. They get to sleep in their beds or or whatever. I mean, some some schools still take their kids to a hotel or whatever before a home game like that. But it's still them being in familiar settings. It was still Carolina having a freshman quarterback going on his first true road game. So uh, you oh, know. Wait,
0: wait. So Charlotte's not a
2: that's not a road game. No, that was a neutral site game. It wasn't yeah, a home right. game. It wasn't a home game for South Carolina. They had more fans. It was not a home game for South Carolina. That's on Carolina fans. Okay, <laughs> that's on But band. the atmosphere. Uh, no, no. Because it's a foreign. It's a foreign trip for South Carolina too. It's they don't stay in Charlotte overnight. All of that was foreign to them as well as Carolina. This you wouldn't is so call a bowl game a, a true road game. No, you wouldn't. No, yeah. It's the same thing. Wait, yeah, it is.
0: Wait, you're saying the bowl game is not a road game?
2: It's not a true road game. There's not a true advantage for the team that you're playing against. Oh. It's both of y'all are in a neutral site game. That's neutral what that sight. was.
0: Yes, see, a neutral site. Neutral so site is not true road game. Neutral site. So then now we go to, like, who has the advantage on the field with the atmosphere of the game? Who has the advantage on the field? And that's where I go to crowd because because CL I for about a decade was a part of you know a crowd that affected games big time with that noise. I've seen it done, and not yeah, only not was, only
2: that's one advantage. A, that's not the only that my point is right. that's not the only fact. It's not the only fact. CL yeah, not only
0: not only by the way not only um, and I'm talking about the Seahawks in Seattle. Not only in that stadium, but also. The University of Washington. I went to a couple of games. CL, you you covered, you know, Indiana versus Washington the one time, and I gotta say, uh, out there, I mean, out there in Seattle, that is another. I mean, they are serious about that element of the game. So that's all. That's the only reason that I point to it, and with the guards away farts. I'm just like, that's that this is not loud. So therefore, uh, I think it was advantageous to be able to play them, and and it was close, and I just don't know. Uh, you know, uh, well, what I do know is that we have to continue to look at things like time management. At the end, got to be thinking about that clock, you know, more than anything. Think about the clock and what you need to do for that. The refs did have an attitude, though, CL. They had an attitude.
2: Clean up what you can clean up. Control what you can control. The refs are going to make mistakes. Um the refs are gonna make mistakes, man. Move on. The refs are gonna like <laughs> Move I, on. Like
0: I said, to, like I said, a good friend, good mutual friend, and really kind of brother, Chris Mack. I said, what are they in such a hurry for at the end of the game? They're, Denny's is open all night. What? What are you? What are you running off the field for at the, end of the game? Come on.
2: Well, I, I saw. I think at the end of the Florida State Virginia game, a similar kind of. Uh, I, I thought the the refs could have been sharper in terms of. Uh, ball placement and allowing seconds to run off the clock when the team is trying to to hurry up um, but you know like I said it's 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 only the second game for them too like it's early nobody's in midseason form right now
0: right yeah and you know what I'll accept I could accept the loss uh you know, I feel although, you know, in my mind there's still one second on the clock seal. But I, I uh, <laughs> keep can, holding on
2: to that, man. <laughs> I
0: can accept the loss. So in that, I really feel like that's a learning loss. You gotta you gotta, you know, go out and be ready at, at the beginning. You know, even though Strawbridge not not being there right before the game, that's a that's a blow. Cause I think that little muddle um, offensive line, really pass blocking for every play, the little muddled thing that they do with their RPO, Wake Forest does, I think a strong defensive line will blow that to pieces. So I think a, a, a pro prospect like Strawbridge is key in blowing that up, and that—that that, I think that would have affected the game. Him not coming in, That. but as Matt Brown said, Matt Brown said, we will not pay attention to to injuries as an excuse. We will not. He said, even if it is a legitimate excuse, we're not going to do that. We're not going to pay attention to that as reasons for not finishing games and not winning games. C.L., Matt Brown. Matt Brown, he, he just says all the right things, bro.
2: I mean, he's been doing it a while. He's not in the Hall of Fame for no reason. But uh, on to App State. I mean, I think the loss will end up making them a little bit sharper coming out for this game because if they went into that game... Uh, you know, 3-0, I think they'd be looking ahead to Clemson mm-hmm. and, and App State would kind of be like, you know, I don't know. They, they wouldn't get their full attention, I'll put it that way, but I, I think they probably will now.
0: Agreed. Agreed. I think App State, uh, clearly Matt Brown has a lot of respect for the program, the players, the coach. So, you know, it's going to be a direct, uh, I agree, it's going to be kind of a direct competition and, and a great game and we'll be there on Saturday for a new segment that we're going to bring to you called hashtag be the one. So I'll be there covering the game and we'll bring you an interview next week. OK, let's 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 go ahead and shift gears. We, we never have enough time in the show. We just have so much meaty and good sports talk going on here. CL. But let's shift gears, though. It is time for us to take a break. Folks, please listen to our sponsors and then come on back for the brownout only on Sibling Rivalry Sports 979 The Hill. Welcome back to Sibling Rivalry Sports on 97 9 The Hill. It's time for the brownout. The brownout. New York and South Carolina are positioned to follow California's lead in creating legislation that allows college athletes to profit off their name, image, and likeness. Should the NCAA stop resisting change and just accept it? I say, please. Please let it come back. Please, or not come back, but let it come into play. Um, The the whole likeness pay and that whole thing. Please do, because that means that I get to play um, EA Sports NCAA football, and these kids get to get named and paid for that game.
2: Yes! Well, it's the easiest way to allow kids to make some money without... Having to tackle this behemoth of figuring out how colleges can pay athletes—that's that's a separate argument and one that the battle that's coming too uh, in you know the, I feel like in the near future. But for now, I think name, image, and likeness is the way to go. The NCAA needs to stop resisting change.
0: Former Duke quarterback Daniel Jones was named the starter for the New York Giants, effectively ending Eli Manning's tenure as starter. Is Manning a Hall of Famer? I'll take this, CL. I, um, yes, definitely Eli Manning belongs in the Hall of Fame, and I think be- definitely will he go. The two uh, Super Bowl wins that he got were amazing, and he has been, um, I'm going to say, an elite quarterback over the course of his career. It's not all his fault what's going on with the Giants. In fact, I, I say, hey, let's see if he can get another situation. What if they put him out... Well, I don't know. What if they what if they put him uh, at San Fran? I know they have Garoppolo, but I'm just saying. What if he went to another team that's on the cusp of being a contender?
2: Will Manning get into the Hall of Fame? Yes, I think he will. Is he deserving of being there? I'm not so certain. I mean, he seems he's always seemed kind of uh, mundane to me. His career, um, yes, with the Super Bowl highs, but. Man, it seemed like a lot of, not even necessarily lows, but just a lot of plain... Just average quarterback play. But he'll get in because, you know, he's with the Giants. They won two bowls, so he'll get in. A sideline clash between Jacksonville cornerback Jalen Ramsey
0: and Coach Doug Marone has Ramsey asking for a trade.
2: Is a relationship ever salvageable when that happens? No, a relationship is, is never, well, I won't say never, but I don't think in this case it'll be salvageable. And I think in most cases, it's, it's very hard to come back from something public like that in terms of you might still have to work with the person but just the trust is lost and you know the relationship goes sour after that
0: Vernon Davis, Mike Singletary comes to mind, but Mike Singletary is an extraordinary man when it comes to these relationships. It's more about the relationships. Not everybody's like Mike Singletary. I think mostly it it can't be undone. And, and uh, yeah, we don't know what they said, but I got to say Marone going back there again to the bench, that to me was him reasserting his authority. It's my team. I run this. uh, I'm telling you, that was when it's over so Ramsey you can come on and come on up to Baltimore if you want to and with that, oh, folks, we want to say one thing, and that is that we're going to celebrate. We've been on these lovely airways here at 97.9 The Hill for, about, for a little over a year, and so we're going to celebrate that next week. Make sure you, you come on back for that one. Also, we're going to share an exciting change in format that we're going to have here on the show, so we're, we're excited about how we're, we're trying to grow a little bit and do some things a little differently, so thank you for being here. Thanks to our guest, Will Graves, thanks to UCL for, you know, allowing me to shine as always Um, I don't even know what that means alright we gotta get out of here my name is Chris Brown I'm CL Brown and this is Sibling Sibling Rivalry Rivalry Sports
1: Sports on 97.9 The Hill